case update in the Daybell Vallow murders, insight into the attempted murder of Brandon Boudreaux, Melanie Boudreaux-Pulowski's police interview, and potential attempted murder charges against Lori and Chad, and Alex Cox, were he still alive. Mark Means files an objection to legal proceedings regarding scheduling the trial, even though Lori is still considered incompetent and the cases are still joined. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going. It's going okay. Kind of okay. <laughs> ah, I got mm. the COVID booster two days ago. And yeah. man, I'm struggling. Still not that good, huh? You know, I hit the ground running this morning feeling really good. And as the day has mm-hmm. progressed, I've just gotten yucky again and fever again. And tomorrow what? I'm going to be fine. God damn it. That, yes. That's what I'm manifesting. I got you. That's the plan. That is yeah. the plan. Well, I'm three days out from my COVID booster and I'm all better. So okay, hopefully see. that is the case for you. Yeah. Yes. So tomorrow's I'm, my day. I'm doing great. I have been deep in the weeds in the Daybell Vallo update and <laughs> more document dump. And well, what did we agree a minute ago? That these people are terrible, terrible humans. Mm-hmm. And the more we learn, the more terrible they become. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the it seems like maybe they were in a competition to see who the most horrible human could be. Yeah, we think there was a three way tie there with Lori, Alex, and Chad, uh, but definitely honorable mentions for Zulima, the Mel's. You know, yeah. they're definitely yeah. yeah, yeah. I I don't think that we can leave those those honorable mentions out at all. No. So there are a lot of things going on right now in relation to the Brandon Boudreaux attempted murder. So Brandon Boudreaux was the nephew-in-law of Lori mm-hmm. Vallow Daybell. Mm-hmm. And Alex. And and Alex Cox. Married to Melanie Boudreaux, who they've since divorced, and her name is now Melanie Pulowski. But back a while ago, about a year ago, more more than that now, Two years. Um, two years, yeah. Yeah. There was an attempt on his life. He was fired at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there's a lot coming out about that now. It's strange to see it two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing a lot of information come out. So yeah. we want to share a bunch of this. I want to give mass props to Justin Lum, who is a reporter in Phoenix, um, he has released tons of documents and he put together a really nice narrative summary. And this is what we're going to mm-hmm. share with you because you guys, it is so many pages of oh. documents and it's so freaking much information. And we just kind of decided maybe we don't need to share all of that with you, but we are going to. No, it's exhaustive. It is exhaustive. We're going to work from Justin Lum's narrative and thank you, Justin Lum, because mm-hmm. He is an excellent reporter and has done so much to blow mm-hmm. this case wide open. He is amazing. He has, and he's won some big awards because of his work on this case, and it's so deserved. It is so deserved. So well, and I'll talk. say this too. When mm-hmm. they were bringing Lori, when they were extraditing Lori, 
from Hawaii to Rexburg. Mm-hmm. Justin was here in Rexburg. And yes. at the time, my daughter was the editor of her school newspaper. And so she was operating as, as press, you know. Yeah. And we had thought that she might show up at the jail sooner than they had said. And so Mars and I were sitting at the jail at like five o'clock in the morning, uh, just hanging out. And guess who shows up? Justin Love. And is doing a, you know, standing in front of the jail doing a little report. And when it was over, we got out and visited with him. And he was super friendly to us and super friendly to Mars and, you know, talked the case with her quite a bit. It turned out we had info he didn't have. And he had info we didn't have, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, when uh, when they were bringing Lori in finally that afternoon, we had all been there for hours. And sources had leaked to us that she wasn't flying into Idaho Falls and being uh, bused from there, that she was actually flying into the Rexburg Airport, which is a teeny tiny airport. And that uh, that's how she was actually coming. And I had mentioned that to Justin and he said, no, she's coming in Idaho Falls. I said, no, she's coming in Rexburg. And he did not know. And it was mm-hmm. too late for him to get anyone to the Rexburg airport. Uh, but somehow Nate Eaton knew mm-hmm. and knew everyone and was there when she got off the plane. And if you guys remember, there was some footage of him yelling at her. <laughs> Where yes, are the kids? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, it cracked me up. And then later uh, Justin had mentioned, uh, in something that he wrote on Facebook uh, that he wanted to thank the good Samaritan that let him know that Lori was actually flying into Rexburg. And that was me. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm like famous-ish kind of. Quasi, quasi famous. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Nice. Justin rocks. Well, let's run through this. I'm just going to run through it. You jump in with uh, other um, pieces of information you feel like we ought to share Mm -hmm. as we go here. So on, so this all starts in, this is in September and October of 2019. Mm-hmm. So on the 17th of September, 2019, Melanie uh, Boudreaux-Pulowski asks Brandon, her soon-to-be ex-husband, for his new home address. Yeah. So he tells police later that, there are only four people that know that address. He's been being very careful about it. He knew immediately who it was yeah. that came after him immediately. He did. Now, right before all of that happened is when Melanie Gibb talked about seeing J.J. Vallow for the last time in Lori Vallow's apartment in Rexburg. See, this is all right around the same time that the kids were murdered in Rexburg. Right. Okay, so so Melanie and Brandon had split. Brandon's living on his own, has this new address. So on the 25th of September, 2019, Alex Cox drives a cheap, he's driving a Jeep Wrangler mm-hmm. that was registered to Charles Vallow, who he killed, so irony. Yeah. Uh, that had actually been driven by Tylee, who is also deceased at this point. So he's driving around in this vehicle that should never have been his, frankly. Mm-hmm. He goes to a place in Rexburg that does window tinting. Mm-hmm. And he has the front passenger windows tinted to 20% and the rear windows tinted to 5%. 
which mm-hmm. by the way is super illegal. Both. Yeah. You will get pulled over for those. Yeah. Way, way too dark. Mm-hmm. It means the back windows were only going to let in 5% of light. Mm-hmm. So he wanted you to not be able to see in that back, in the back of that Jeep yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay. So Melanie at that time, Melanie, Brandon's ex-wife flies from Mesa, Arizona to Idaho Falls to visit Lori. Yeah. So she comes up here. And you'll notice there's a lot of flights out of Mesa to Idaho Falls and back that you hear that a lot in this case. Yeah. That's because there's an Allegiant flight that flies yeah. from Idaho Falls from Mesa that's only about 50 bucks. Yeah. So they cheap. were getting it's... that Allegiant flight and shooting back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, it's really easy to fly from here to Arizona. So um also on that same day, this is on the 26th of September 2019, Alex activates a burner phone. So mm-hmm. Chad and Alex have burner phones that they're communicating through this whole process on. So on the 28th, so just a couple days later of September, he Alex is located at the gun range here in our area. Mm-hmm. And he signs the log at the United Sportsman's Gun Club. So then on 9-29-19, Melanie goes back to Mesa, Arizona from here. So she's very clearly in contact with Alex and Lori. She tells the police later they're not really connected and she doesn't give them their phone number and she doesn't know where they live. Mm-hmm. Clearly, she had just yeah. been to visit them. So Kind of like Chad told the police he didn't really know Lori, you know, even though they were married. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So then on the 30th of September, 2019, Alex begins a road trip in that Jeep Wrangler from Idaho to Arizona. Mm-hmm. His burner phone calls only Chad mm-hmm. during that trip. So on the on October 1st of 2019 is when Lori rents the storage unit. So if you know this case, you know there's video of the storage unit. There's Chad there with them. He's grabbing her butt. You know, it's pretty obvious they're having an affair because this is yeah. before Tammy has died. Tammy is killed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 10 2 of 2019 is when the shooting happens in Gilbert, Arizona. Yeah. And on that day, um, Alex and Chad communicate on their burner phones multiple times. So when that shooting happens, Brandon sees the muzzle of a gun um, pointed toward his Tesla right before a shot is fired at his gun at his mm-hmm. car. His car is hit. Yeah. He drives off and the Jeep, this Jeep Wrangler, follows him for a while before it turns out of his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So during that time that that is occurring. Uh, or, or shortly after, Alex's phone calls Chad's phone twice. And then they communicate again when he's on his way back. Mm-hmm. So on that same day in the afternoon, Chad and Lori are seen on surveillance, bringing in a tire and a single vehicle wheel into that storage. Yeah. It said uh, somewhere there were... It's possible that there was also the back seat of a vehicle brought. Yeah. And so it's believed that those are the things that were removed from the Jeep to make it easier for Alex to shoot at Brandon. 
Right. Because that stuff was only in the storage unit for a few days and, and then, then it, it was, was removed back out again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So also on that day, Lori searches on Google for man shot in Gilbert, Arizona. Yeah. And yeah. and news on Brandon Boudreaux. Like, yeah. Who genius criminals here we have. Mm-hmm. Because that that the goal there, you know, Alex, it turns out, was a terrible um shot. Uh, shot, you know, and he <laughs> the only reason that he killed uh, Charles Vallow is because they were so close. Right. In you know, in proximity to each other because he was he he really uh shouldn't have quit his day job because he was no assassin. Well well no. He thought he was though. Boy, he sure thought he was. But he missed Brandon and he missed Tammy as well in her driveway. He did, yeah. I mean, lucky for Brandon, he got out of there and was smart enough to grab those kids and go hide with them. I'm so grateful that he did because what would have happened. Those kids could have easily died. Oh, so easily. So easily. And you know, there there there's all kinds of stuff about Melanie acting crazy and talking about, you know, the reason that she um divorced Brandon is because he was gay and making up all this stuff that mm-hmm. not only was very uh rude toward Brandon, but it was also just grossly anti-gay, mm-hmm. which just was ridiculous. Yeah. Um so the police interview Melanie on the third of October mm-hmm. to see what she was doing that day. Mm-hmm. which, you know, was the day before. She couldn't remember. She just couldn't remember what she was doing that day, the, the day before, mm-hmm. you know, the day of the shooting. No idea. Yeah. She also said that she did have a relationship with Alex and Lori, but they were not that close, even though she had just been, remember, flown mm-hmm. from Mesa to Idaho Falls, mm-hmm. and that's the closest airport to get, you know, for her to get to Rexburg to visit her family and then fly back. Yeah. She also would not share Alex and Lori's phone numbers with the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it is noted by the police that not long after the shooting, Melanie actually moves to Rexburg to live in the yeah. same apartment complex as Lori and Alex. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, also when. Uh, additional homicides are discovered, Tammy Daybell and Charles Vallow. And then Melanie marries Ian Pulowski. Mm-hmm. And Alex marries Zulema Pastenis. Yeah. And then Chad marries Lori. Mm-hmm. And then Tammy's body is exhumed. And then Alex dies of natural causes. Yeah. Natural causes. Yeah. So that's sort of the order of these things that have occurred. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that helped me just sort of understand a little bit, lay it out a little bit more clearly. And, and bear in mind, at this time, the kids are already dead. Mm-hmm. They're already gone. The kids are dead, but they're still playing the game that the kids are missing. Yes. The kids don't actually get discovered until June of 2020. And yeah. so we're still eight months away at this point from their bodies being located. Mm-hmm. Uh, so interesting, you know, there's, there were so many cogs in these wheels turning Mm -hmm. long before the children's bodies were discovered, long before Chad and Lori were charged with first degree murder. There was so much already happening Mm -hmm. leading up to the discovery of the kids' bodies. But the deaths of the kids are linked to all of this because they all happened at the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah. They happened in September. This shooting mm -hmm. happened in October. Uh, then Cam Cammy's died. dead. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they're they're these people are all acting in concerts mm -hmm. for a common goal. It's it's so clear that they are. I mean, there's no doubt that there's yeah. conspiracy here. Mm -hmm. I think to you know, just to demonstrate the conspiracy here that was happening in the way that they were, you know, playing yeah. it out and the burner phones and the, the window tinting of the Jeep and the irony of shooting at Brandon Boudreaux out of that Jeep that belonged yeah. to Charles Ballow. It turns out Brandon and Charles mm -hmm. were good friends and did quite a bit of business together. Yeah. And so it's pretty sad that after Charles' death, his vehicle is the one driven when the attempt on his life is made. There's just no, there's no respect for anyone in this no. situation. There's no respect for life at all in this situation. Oh, no. And in fact, that's a good segue into the texts. Yes, the texts. So there is a spot, uh, well, some of the paperwork that was released. There's some texts. Um, they start on 9-2. They start with Alex Tazulima. Alex says, uh, pretty good considering the dark portal we brought with us. This is them getting to Idaho. Mm -hmm. Zulima responds with a question mark, and Alex says, Tylee. Alex says to the mm -hmm. Zulima, can you call a tornado for a single person? Because remember, that Alex and Lori have convinced Zulima that she can control the elements and that she can right. create natural disasters. Right. So Zulima says, tornado? Hmm. Maybe an inner tornado. I mean, recognize, even if you think this stuff is complete nonsense, they are talking about harming Tylee. They're talking right. about hurting her. They are. Regardless Alex, of what language they're using, they are talking about harming. So Alex responds, inner is good. Zulema says, I think you guys will be led to deal with the dark one when it's time. Well, this they, is September 2nd, right? So Tylee died a week later. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. this is them yeah. preparing for how they're going to deal with her. Well, she very clearly was figuring this stuff out and tired of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. And well, she's right. 16. I mean, she's had enough of this shit. You know, sure. what teenager wouldn't be absolutely done with this stuff at this point? Yeah. You know, for sure. As looking at her mother like, what is going on? What are you mm -hmm. doing to our family? What is happening? Yeah. She's old enough to get it. Like something's mm -hmm. not right. And she has the gall to question them. Yeah. Yeah. That poor kid. My God. Alex says to Zalima, agreed. And then Alex says, uh, es cierto, which is, it's true. Alex sends Zalima a picture of a rifle with a scope. Says he's at the range. Then on 9-8, Alex tells Zulima he's at Yellowstone with Lori and the kids. After this point, the only child mentioned is JJ, and, and Tylee died that night, or, yes. or early in the morning on 9-9. Right, that's, the, yeah, she was buried on 9-9. Now, this shit is rich right here. On 9-10-19, Alex and Zulima start referring to Chad as James the Lesser, or JTL, like he's some cool guy, with the belief that Chad was Jesus's younger brother, James, in a previous life. Okay, bro. On 9-14, Alex mentions Lori falling asleep with JJ. 
on 917, this is the last time Lori mentions any of the kids through the remainder of the text messages between her and Zulima. She mentions dropping JJ off so she can meet Zulima at the temple. And then on 921, Lori says to Zulima, by, oh, FYI, if anyone asks about me or where I moved, you can just say that I moved with my brother to Queen Creek, especially those who seek my destruction. How are you today? <laughs> seek my destruction. Like this is just regular, normal conversation. Also, Queen Creek? I have no idea. What I that think mean? supposedly that's in Arizona. Oh, okay. Why? Yeah. yeah. So Zulima says to Lori, wait, who's seeking your destruction? Lori says, lots of people, Serena and Christina in particular. Now, who's that? I don't know. She says, my family and such seeking her destruction. Yeah, no, because she's murdered her kids and her husband. Yeah. Zulima uh. says to Lori, I think it's best you stay hidden. I'm staying quiet as if nothing is happening. Then, of course, Brandon is shot in Gilbert. Then on 10-3, Alex says to Zulima, when she asked how he was doing, he says, wow, nice. Just waiting and laughing and singing. Are you coming up soon? Waiting and laughing and singing. This is just like a week after Al or JJ died. Just a week. And 10-3, it's the day after he tried to kill Brandon. Right. Tried to kill yeah. Brandon on 10-2. Mm -hmm. Laughing yep. and singing. All and is waiting. great. Yep. I've murdered my niece and nephew. I tried mm -hmm. to murder my nephew-in-law. Life is wonderful. Yep. On 10-9, Lori tells Zulima, okay, perfect. Just text me when you're close and I'll come out since the kids are asleep. Which confused uh, investigators for a minute till they discovered that... Uh, she was talking about Melanie's children. She was with Melanie at the time. Oh, okay. Yep. So, at any rate, on 10-9, Alex texts Zulima, and they talk on the phone for 38 minutes, which is weird because they don't typically communicate late at night. Guess what night that was? The night that Alex tried to shoot Tammy Daybell. Yes unsuccessfully yet again mm -hmm. who made this guy the assassin they've mm -hmm. poorly cast him in this movie sadly it didn't help tammy they just found no, another way according to text messages to zulima lori went to missouri on 10 10 19 and then on 10 19 of course tammy daybell dies and then on 10-19, same day, Zulima texts Lori, oh my goodness, did you know that was going to happen? How are you? How are you feeling? Maybe it was you I saw in the temple getting married just yesterday, and the girl was tiny like you. On 10-19, Lori says back to Zulima, funny, I love you. They're talking about the murder of Tammy, bear that in mind. Funny. And then Zulima, funny. yeah. Zulima responds to Lori, ascended couples. Jules saw them coming soon. Nothing more powerful, she said. You know, because Lori and Chad are both these ascended beings who, yeah, you know, are going to be together and be so powerful and amazing. Zulima says, I love you too. Lori says to Zulima, that's good news. 
Then Zulima reaches out to Chad. Hi, Chad. I just saw your post. I hope you are okay. Yesterday at the temple, I had a vision that I was helping a bride get ready and helping her with her white dress. Then I saw your post today. The Lord is wonderful. Oh, God. The Lord is wonderful. That's what she's saying about Tammy's murder. Celebrating her death. On 1020, Chad responds to Zulima. Thank you, Zulima. I'm hanging in there. Our family has received overwhelming support. Yes, changes are underway. We have all felt Tammy nearby. She is very happy and already very busy. Zulima to Chad. Her work is underway. I'm happy for her. Yay, Tammy. Oh, my God. Seriously, are his kids still thinking that he wasn't really involved in this? Like, give me a friggin' break. I just, I can't even begin. So Zulima also says, I'm also excited for what's next. I'm praying for you and your family. Much love and comfort to you all. I hope to see you soon. Now, listen to this. You're going to want to punch someone just now. Mm -hmm. On 1028, Alex sends Zulima a picture of Chad and Lori and two other women at a restaurant. Chad and Lori are sitting next to each other and Chad is no longer wearing his wedding ring. In reference to the picture, Zulima says to Alex, he looks way too happy. On 1028, Alex to Zulima, he escaped the warden, so it's all downhill from here. The warden, he escaped the warden by killing his wife. wife. Of of many years of which, you know, burst his children. And Zulima to Alex, woohoo, he's a happy man. Look at that smile. Alex to Zulima, he's a little giddy. Zulima to Alex. That's so cute. These people are so disgusting. I can't. Yep. Yep. Then this little bit about Zulima, about her beliefs. I think this is really important to kind of understand her role here. Zulima believed that she was of multiple creations or that she had lived several lives. Chad and Lori told Zulima that she had the power to create earthquakes and storms, and she would often text them and ask if she had been responsible for earthquakes, including an earthquake in Chile shortly shortly after her visit there. Chad would always confirm that she was responsible for the earthquakes and tell her she is doing good work. Okay, think about that for a minute. If she were actually creating earthquakes, which she's not, but if she was, People are dying and Chad is praising her good work. She's doing good things. Yeah. These people are sick, man. Mm -hmm. Not like we didn't know that already, but wow. Right. But it's just, this just drives it home a little more. Uh, Chad praised Zulima for her efforts in preparing the earth for the second coming, the second coming of Christ. Zulima was also under the belief that she was being protected by an angel called Porcius, who is the deceased president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, David O. McKay. Zulima would visit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's new, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Zulima would visit the Gilbert, Arizona Temple daily to do work and further their efforts to prepare the earth. Afterwards, Zulima would text Chad and Lori about the portals she opened while in the temple. 
Zulima would text Chad and Lori about visions she had and ask Chad what they meant. And she would ask Chad to check on people that were close to her or her family. Chad would often label men as dark. Zulima was told by Chad that a man she was dating was dark and he was placing cages around her. Zulima ended her relationship with that man and was then told by Chad that he was told by God that she was to marry Alex Cox and move to Rexburg. Alex and Zulima began communicating through text message and phone call and visited each other several times before getting married on 11-28-2019 in Las Vegas. Yeah. That quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whoever that guy was she broke up with, dude, you dodged a serious bullet. Wow. So when Congrats you on being this. dark. It saved your life. Yeah. When you hear all this about Zulima, and you hear all of this about Melanie, surely you're asking yourself, why? Why have they not been charged? To us, there's only there's only one possible reason. Yeah, they have deals. They've got mm-hmm. deals. They've they've spilled their guts. They've told what they know, and they have deals. Mm-hmm. How could they not be charged? Uh, you know, like Melanie Boudreaux Pulowski. You know, they're looking at charging Chad and Lori with the attempted murder conspiracy to commit attempted murder on Brandon Boudreaux, mm-hmm. but not Melanie. Yeah. Come on. Melanie now has partial custody of their children. Yeah. That's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. It is. It's it's just sickening. But yeah, yeah. that's I, I don't have it. We know that Zulima had some kind of a deal in Arizona already. We already mm-hmm. knew that. Yeah. But I think she's got a deal in Idaho too. Mm-hmm. And that they've been able to tell what they know and give them give information against Lori and Chad mm-hmm. in order to keep their own butts out of jail. I really think that's the only reason why they're not in jail. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they were they were players in this. They knew. They knew. I mean Sulima lawyered up within an hour or two of Alex's death. She yes. lawyered up immediately. She did. Yeah. She certainly yeah. did. And she wanted to know when they were searching her house after Alex died, she wanted to know if she could get her uh, attorney over there, if they could stop that search. Yeah. And the police were like, well, no, we have a warrant. You know, I mean, yeah. your, your husband did die an unattended death and it does seem rather sudden, you know, mm-hmm. don't you want to know why? Or maybe yeah. you already do know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like we said, you know, a three-way tie for first place of worst people ever with a few good honorable mentions that are clawing their way to the top, the more they information really we get. With this kind of stuff. And calling Tylee a dark portal, that makes me so angry. Oh, yeah. Because I cannot imagine how frustrated and angry and scared she must have been about what the hell was going on with her mother. Mm-hmm. Well, know, and asking Zulima to try to do then. things to hurt her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she was a barrier. She was getting in their way mm-hmm. because she was asking questions. Mm-hmm. I know 16-year-old kids, mm-hmm. they ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and they are well, old enough to understand what's going on around them. You bet, and and be belligerent at times, and I'm guessing yes, that she pissed and frustrated. Had enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Ugh. Hate it. Poor Tylee. So speaking of belligerent. Yes, please. 
scare the latest Mark Means debacle? Mark Means has now filed, of course, all by himself yet again, never mentioning his co-counsel because no. that is apparently some kind of uh, There's definitely some. Yeah. There's some kind of rift there where... Mm-hmm. Or it's just that Archibald's like, keep me out of the shit. I don't want anything to do with any of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he is saying that the court issued an order stating that for purposes of conducting a jury trial, blah, blah, blah. He's still doing the quotes. Yeah. Got lots of quotes. Basically, I won't read the whole thing because it's tedious. But basically what he's saying is that he is objecting to legal proceedings. Uh, because his client's case has stayed, which is, you know, the, the prosecutor has argued the same thing and said right. we shouldn't be filing anything mm-hmm. as while Lori's court or cases stayed if these cases are going to stay joined. It's not right. right. And the judge is like, you know, well, he's kind of just stalling, I think, and kind of trying to push things off just a little bit further so that we can get her spiffed up and back to court. I mean, of means as uh, filings, this is one of the more vanilla ones, frankly. There's well, it is, but where has it been it, all this but... time? I mean, they've mm-hmm. they've dealt with the change of venue, and mm-hmm. there's a there's a, a now he's saying you know there's a conference scheduled coming up on the 12th of December mm-hmm. where they will um, set a trial date, mm-hmm. and and I do really question what why right why are you setting a trial date? But right. when but what I don't understand about all of this is that the application to sever these cases has been filed by John Pryor for months mm-hmm. and has not ever been brought to a hearing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the judge said in another proceeding, referring to that, that he has no intention. He's, he's not going to split these cases. Yeah, he did say that. But I mean, they yeah. have to re- address it. God, you but it sure is true. Like, so. Why? I mean, I don't mean to... <laughs> agree with Mark Means, but it is, <laughs> I do question like, what the hell? How, how are you going to schedule this trial? She's you still in a psych hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's still, you know, she's still considered incompetent. Yeah. How are you going to schedule a trial? Uh, true. And, and honestly, knowing Means and his, uh, you know, love to believe her the point and file things, uh, you know, frantically, all of the stuff they're arguing about and talking about now, once Lori's spiffed up and ready to go, they're going to go through back through all of this stuff all over again They'll because have he wants his day in court. And you can't really blame him for that, you know? No. But but I will say this. What a freaking hypocrite. Yeah. Because he never quits filing shit in this case. Right. And then he's also objecting to anything going on with this case because his client is on a stay. Well, if she's on a stay, she's on a stay. Right. That's my opinion. But, you know, I agree. Like, okay, she either is or she isn't, but you can't Mm -hmm. have it both ways, Mark Means. Mm -hmm. But it it does make me wonder, like, why why do you have a conference scheduled to schedule the trial when one of the defendants is still in a psychiatric hospital? Like, yeah, it doesn't seem right. It definitely doesn't seem right. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I agree. You know, the prosecutor has been concerned all along. He's like, Mm -hmm. this is we're violating her rights and I'm not comfortable with this. I'm just going to put it on the record again, judge that I'm not mm-hmm. okay with this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah I don't the judge is like, wow. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. I think, but he's getting updates, you know, he's getting updates. I, I just yes. keep feeling like 
he's pushing this stuff back a little further and a little further, hoping that mm -hmm. we will get to the point soon where she will be deemed fit and returned to the Madison County Jail. And then mm -hmm. he'll be ready to jump into action and file this stuff. But I, I keep yeah. hoping this is because he knows something we don't know. You know, I, I hope so. I hope so. But I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. This is a strange, this whole thing is a strange situation and certainly something that judges and prosecutors and defense attorneys in our community don't yeah. have a lot of experience with. No, for and, sure. And, you know, we don't want Lori to ever be able to come back and say, my rights were violated while I was in a hospital. I didn't have any say in any of this. You know, and ultimately yeah. they can stipulate, I believe, to a lot of the decisions that have already been made if her lead attorney... <laughs> Jim Archibald, you know, the guy actually in charge of this case is, you know, if they're willing to stipulate, then they won't have to redo it all. But it is a risk. Mm -hmm. And it does mm -hmm. make you wonder why they're why the judge is OK taking that risk. Yeah. Yes, it does. For sure. So, well, I guess we'll see what happens. So there should be court next week. And, yes. you know, the. uh Defense has fought hard. They do not want it to be sealed. The prosecutor says it has to be sealed because we're talking about Lori's uh, you know, mental health, which pro she's protected through her HIPAA rights. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm hoping it's not sealed, you know. Uh, well, there are sake, parts but... of it that won't be sealed. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the the trial schedule, there are parts of it that won't be sealed mm -hmm. because they're not, but there are parts of it that will be, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we'll see how much action will actually happen on some of these crazy things that Mark Means has filed and how much attention they're actually even going to give them. Yeah. The judge is even going to focus on. I doubt it's very much, honestly. Mm -hmm. How but, long before we see uh, something else roll through the court with him uh, grousing again at Melanie Gibb for ignoring his subpoena and now at the Mormon church for ignoring his subpoena. Probably. And, yeah. You know, that's going to be coming. Yes. I, I am sure, you know, cause he has commanded them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to respond, which I think is hilarious. That language, like, dude, seriously. You are hereby forthwith commanded. Yes. Like, <laughs> let's let's get real about what your actual role is here. <laughs> we haven't even seen you in court in like six months, buddy. So come on. <laughs> yeah. Little Mark boy. boy. He's mm -hmm. working hard. We're hardly working. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the update as we have it right now. Of course, as more things happen, we will share those with you. And we do plan to live stream court uh, on the 2nd of December. And that should give us a little bit more information. We'll see. <laughs> that or hardly working bit almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost like he's got to create some stuff for himself to do here. You know. Keep himself on the payroll, man. I, I think so, yes. Well, this is our Tuesday case. We will be back tomorrow with one more case this week and be back on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain with our live case updates yes. show. And we will not be here for the Psychic Hour this week because it is Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And as Katie yeah. said, we will be home eating pie and drinking wine and playing games. So yeah. there you have it. <laughs> Yep. All right. Well, I hope you guys are working hard or hardly working or whatever you do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care.